Yo, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, my name is Gerald McGee, the founder and mental health counselor, everyday people, individual and family counseling center, LLC. And I'm excited to be here for our second podcast. Therapy is life. We will be discussing motivation for change. Are you ready? If you are, come sit at this table because this discussion is going to be lit. I must tell you, I just got finished my workout and I feel so good. Hmm. Did some push-ups, did some running. You know what? I do this because it's important to take care of your health. But if you haven't done your workout today, find some time to do it because it is all good and it moves us towards positive change. Today, before we get too deep into talking about motivation for change, I thought I would start my show today with some other things. I must admit, I get a little anxiety about all this talking. Being in front of people even gets me anxious a little bit. You might say, hey, he's a therapist. Well, that is correct. But that's like an individual dialogue between me and the clients coming in my office. I get comfortable with them. They get comfortable with me. But now I'm talking to all kind of people. So the reality of it is, is, hmm, it makes me a little bit nervous, but I'll face my anxiety. I'll walk through it and I'll do this. And every session will get a little better and better. So to break the ice before I get too serious, we'll start with a few things that I think is so important to our very mental health. Number one, I like to call this attitudes of gratitude. Now we think about gratitude and, and, and what it means. It actually provides us a window to celebrate what we have and, and feel good about where we at right now. Not thinking about the past, not focusing on the future, but being right here in this very, very moment. The first thing that comes to my mind is patience. Patience is important. Why? Because patience allows us to set back, understand where we are, appreciate it, and not be so worried about what's going to happen next. I'm good right now in this very moment. I feel blessed. Somebody say, I, I feel blessed today. Somebody say, I feel good today. That's right, y'all. I ain't trying to take it to church, but you gotta know something about gratitude. Cause when you don't have no gratitude, what do you really have? You're doing a whole lot ain't getting nowhere. So patient, think about it like this. Patient, the process, provide prosperity. Remember that one. Secondly, I like to shout out to the surf riders. 
it's an awesome group. They go to beaches, they go to rivers, they go to lakes and other waterways to try to clean up plastics, to try to improve the ecosystem, clean up our oceans, our lakes, and make the world and the ecosystem a better place. You know, as human beings, sometimes we can be like a disease or virus, constantly taking away from our environment, constantly using all the resources, but not giving back enough. We all should be conscious about our environment. Make sure we clean up things and just try to use a little less whenever you can. Because believe it or not, if we don't take care of this planet, the resources that we have will run out one day. And our future generations will live in a world that's depleted of much of its good. They won't be able to see the things that we've seen. So we must act diligently to take care of our environment. Hats off to the Surfriders Foundation for all the hard work that they do to make things better. Next, I would like to talk about Mother's Day. I, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You know, it's such a blessing to be able to celebrate mother's, motherhood. Because when you think about it, from the very moment that we're conceived to the time we die, we'll never have another relationship like we'll have with our mother. Connecting and bonding with this individual. We love, we appreciate, we celebrate. I oftentimes think of my mom and one of the lessons she used to always teach us and that was, and that still is, excuse me, that if you don't get yours, nobody else will give it to you. So if you don't work hard to make what you need happen, don't expect nobody else to do it. So, man, I couldn't bring these and else home. And if I had a job, she wanted to make sure that we worked real hard. I, I thank her because I look at where I'm at today. Without her hard work and sacrifice and helping me understand the importance of being responsible, I wouldn't have this opportunity today. So happy Mother's Day to my mom and all the moms around the country and around the wor world who are doing all they can to make their children's lives better. Speaking of Mother's Day, over the last few weeks, I was able to go see the movie Doctor Strange. I must tell you, this was truly a Mother's Day movie. I won't get too much into the story because I'm sure there's somebody who haven't seen it. But there was one point I found in the movie that I thought was quite important in talking about healthy parenting. And the idea was that to be a mom and to be concerned about your children, that you will do anything to make them safe. You know, that is a wonderful idea, but if it's not done with balance, it can be quite destructive. You know, being so protective of your children that you don't allow them to experience a range of emotions, thinking that you can create a reality where they always feel good. When in fact, a child who grows up experiencing a range of emotions from happy to sadness, anger to de depression, anxiety, and having support around them to let them know that they're loved and they can get through this 
and pushing them to develop problem solving skills is much better than a parent who tries to solve all the problems and keep their children from experiencing all types of emotion. Because in the end, your child will be in a place in their life where they have to deal with those things on their own and you won't be there for them. So if you teach them how to deal with emotions, then in the long run, they'll have better resolve and coping strategies and dealing with the realities of emotions. Motivation to change. Do you have it? You know, I just got my workout in. I'm feeling really charged up and good and ready to go. How about your workout? How's it going for you? What do you want to change in your life? We say we want to accomplish dreams and goals. We set goals for individual, family, and career, and experiences. Sometimes what we want is motivated by pleasure and other times by pain. Whichever or both can move us towards something different, mm, right? For some, though, pain or pleasure is not enough, and we get stuck and never move past a potential idea or dream. Come with me, and you will see a world full of imaginations. Wow. Yeah, Willy Wonka, I know that. I remember that stuff. We stay in a potential place versus a kinetic drive towards change. Anybody remember that in science class? Ah, uh, potential, I'm right here. Kinetic, I'm actually moving towards something. Hmm. When we talk about motivation, I must realize this, and I want to emphasize this point right now. For many people who have depression, it may be hard to get motivated towards things. You might find yourself barely being able to get out of bed feeling hopeless, lack of motivation, uh, minimal interest in activities, an irritable mood. The irritable mood oftentimes will present itself amongst minorities. That's oftentimes a keynote example in African-American males. When we get depressed, we get mad as ever. So be aware of that. If you have supportive friends or family, talk to someone so you can get the help you need because depression is real and it should not ever, ever be minimized because it can take your life. When I think of motivation, motivation is the process that initiates and guides and maintains goal-oriented behavior. It's what causes us to act, whether it's getting a, cla getting a glass of water to reduce thirst or reading a book to gain knowledge. Hey, by the way, did you pick up that 1619 project? We all should read it. Motivation involves biological, emotional, cognitive, and social forces that activate our behavior. Yeah, I want to get some stuff done, right? I got some things I want to get done out there. Because when we get some stuff done, we can be all right, right? There's different types of motivation. You know, the internal stuff and the external stuff. I'll start with the external stuff. External motivation is related to praise, fame, influence, money, trophies. It's, it's related to getting things. 
um, badges, competition, fear of failure, fear of punishment, the gold star, points, rewards. Yeah. We get motivated. We want to do things because we're driven by something on the outside. I know everybody, when you go to work, you want that, want that paycheck, right? And check this out. The baby who goes from crawling to walking realizes that there is a physical benefit moving from crawling to walking. And that's why they want to do it. And so even at a very young age, we're learning how to externally embrace the idea of rewards and what they will do for us. When we say we shouldn't have to be paid for everything that we want, there is some truth to that. But the reality of it is most of our lives, our actions are motivated by external rewards. Starting from a small child to the time we leave this earth, we're motivated by things we will receive from our actions. Intrinsically, you think about those type of rewards, autonomy, belonging, curiosity, love, learning, mastery, meaning. Hey, I'm not just doing this show because I want to talk. Of course, that might be a slight motivation because people tell me all the time, I love to talk. But man, listen, I say I want to help somebody. I want to inspire somebody because my caseload is booked. I get a whole lot of phone calls and I can't reach everybody. But I can let some people know about internal and external motivation and how they play a role in them getting what they want. I can at least do that and feel good about it. Can you feel good about what you're doing today? Many times when people don't do what they should do to make things better for themselves, they oftentimes won't do it because they don't want to deal with the pain that's associated with the goal. I heard someone say one time, no pain, no gain. I love what Maya said. She said, nothing will work unless you do. We often desire immediate gratification over delayed gratification. So the pain, the effort that's required for delayed gratification, the sacrifice that's required for delayed gratification oftentimes keeps us from moving forward in things because we don't want to work. I hear so many people say, I want to be a successful businessman or a successful businesswoman. But when you start talking about the process, Man, or you might be broke for a while, man, or you might not have a whole lot of fame and fortune right off the bat, man, but they just want to be there. But hey, patient, the process provides prosperity. So because of the pain of not getting where we want to go, we make excuses and we do things to make us comfortable right now. So we don't start to work out. We never make that doctor's appointment in fear of bad news. And how many people have met people in their lives 
that was talking about some health concern or something going on with their bodies and they never went to the doctor to get checked out. And then they wake up one day, very sick. They go to the doctor and they're saying, there's nothing we can do. But had we addressed it earlier, we might be in a much better place. I often heard this when I was growing up. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We buy what we want now and barely save a dime for the future. We say the pandemic is not real until it hits our home. As a therapist, I've dealt so much with that reality. Many people have said, oh, it's not that real. I don't have to take it that serious. But if I could quantify to you all the deaths, all the pain and suffering that I've heard about over the last few years, I'm going to tell you, it is all too real. But if it doesn't hit us directly, oftentimes we'll stay in our little comfortable place and we'll keep doing what we're doing. She says, the abuse will stop if I do better. But does it really ever stop? They might be a honeymoon period, but things might be a little better. But the clock ticks. The honeymoon period ends. The tension rises. And then the pain begins. Because we're not stopping, we're not stopping to realize that those moments of comfortness that we find, those moments of security, is not changing the reality of our circumstance. We often feel better by thinking others will just understand us without communicating. So we avoid the necessary conversation. We're trying to avoid pain. And then as a result of trying to avoid pain, we actually lead ourselves to more pain. And this is critical because without understanding that in order to make things better, that we're going to have to adapt and adjust and even be uncomfortable, we really won't be able to make the change we need to make in order to be our better selves.